Welcome back to the Point Guy Cast with your host Sean and Corey. Corey, I'm Sean. What's up, How brother? You know, How you man? been? Ooh, I'm good. Good been, to be back. Man, good. I know. It's just it's been a minute. Yeah, it's been. Yeah, huh? Been a couple months. Had a lot of people that reached out to us though and said that they missed us, and I appreciate that. Yeah, we appreciate all the love, but we'll be back. We we're back. We'll continue to be back. We'll have some episodes throughout the summer and off season going into next season. We'll be we'll be back on it. Right. Um really didn't mean to take a hiatus like this. Kind of oh, just yeah. how life it wasn't on purpose, last I couple months. Yeah, we just been kind of busy. But we have a lot of stuff planned for the summer, a lot of episodes planned, so we should be good. Um but we are yep. fresh off the that uh NBA finals. Yep, so we have a new champion Warriors. that's an old champion. Right. Golden State Warriors won. Um yeah. how do you how do you how did you feel about this finals overall? That's what I want to know. How did you feel about it? I think the finals okay. It was you know I'm a Lakers fan, so I was watching it <laughs> perspective of right. like I wish both of these teams can lose. But I right. chose the lesser two evils actually won <laughs> actually won in my opinion. I was happy to see Steph Curry finally get his finals MVP. That's been eluding him for the last three championships. I think he put himself in a position where he could talk about. He's already the greatest shooter ever. People want to put him in a top 10 all time. I really don't care about rankings like that. If you want to say he's top 10 all time, you can, that's your prerogative. But I think he put himself at the table, at least with those guys. With this championship and finals MVP, he got. Okay, I see that. But the series overall, game one was kind of an anomaly. Was that the word I'm looking for? Because like you, (laughs) yeah, because like you knew that the Celtics wasn't going to hit that many shots again. You knew Al Horford wasn't going to put the team on his back like Al Horford put his team on his back. Jason Tatum proved he's still a young player that needs to mature a little bit more. He had a lot of turnovers in this series. He didn't shoot very well. He didn't close very well. Right. But I think this te- this Celtics team has what it takes to get back, even next season. We'll see what he does. Congratulations to the Golden State Warriors. Draymond Green's podcast has been interesting since, you know, <laughs> everything's went down. John Morant, he's going back and forth with the Grizzlies. They'll have their time, too. The, the playoffs overall... They were fun, but they did have some duck games. It was a lot of blowouts, wasn't it? Yeah, there was. It was kind of weird. Um, which I mean, it's, it happens, you know. So, um, but we'll we'll you know we'll talk about the entire playoffs in another episode. Um, but my overall feeling. This question. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. What you got? I think I think that what the question I'm going to ask should come after how you give your favorites on the fly. Okay, got you. Um, so my overall feelings about the finals were, like, I, I feel like, so I predicted the Warriors in six, right? Um, yep. When you have, as did I. Two, okay, by the way. So when you have a team like the Warriors who have won three championships already, been to five finals before this one, got their main three pieces. You got Steph, Clay, Dre are all healthy, and you got the coach that you won those three previous championships with, versus a team who is their first time in the finals their head coach's first time in the finals. I don't know why you would feel as though the Celtics will win. Now, is there always a chance? Of course, there's always a chance that the underdog could win. But when they're this much of an underdog, 
According to ESPN, though, like ESPN FPI, I didn't have them. What is it? F? Is it BPI? The, uh, so, I know what you're talking about. Basketball yeah, I, power I, index. Yeah, yeah, yeah. BPI. Yeah, BPI. yeah I saw that. Um, I don't know why. They had like the Celtics as an 86% chance of winning. Yeah, I don't know why. I said, Before the series start. I think I tweeted that they needed to get rid of that system, and I, I've, I stand by that because I don't know why they felt that way. That was kind of dumb to me. But I, it's a numbers but earlier, thing, and that's what it is. Earlier in the series, though, like it did look like the Celtics were kind of too big for the Warriors. Like the first couple games of the series. Right. Which I could see, but this is this is my thing. Like you said, game one was kind of an, an anomaly. Um, Boston won 120-108. to 108. And the Celtics had a phenomenal fourth quarter. Um, now, this yeah. is what I will say. Throughout these playoffs. That fourth quarter was ridiculous. It was like 40 to 18 or something like that. Crazy. Yeah, they went on a crazy run, but they had a bad third quarter. So this this is what I noticed about Boston yeah. like throughout these playoffs. They've, they've had bad third quarters throughout these mm-hmm. playoffs, but then they've had phenomenal fourth quarters. Right? And that's a good and a bad thing. It's good because you know that hey, come fourth quarter, we're gonna turn up. But it's bad it's, because the game is forty eight minutes long. Right. And also you've been able to get away with that having third quarters versus other teams. The Warriors aren't gonna let you get away with that. The Warriors are known their third quarters. So when you have bad third quarters and you're playing a team that has great third quarters and great fourth quarters eventually it's going to catch up to you. And I feel like in game one, they're able to get away with it. Game three, they got away with it a little bit too, mm-hmm. right? But that game four, when Steph went off and had like 43, I think it was. Um, yeah. That fourth quarter was one of the best defensive fourth quarters that I think the Warriors have had. Yeah, they proved they still could get down on defense. I want to give a right. shout out to a person that I also thought could have won Finals MVP, Andrew Wiggins, did his thing in this series. Yeah, for sure. Andrew Wiggins proved that the trade that brought him there was no fluke. Well, not fluke, but was no mistake. Like, he earned himself some praise in that series. Shout out to Andrew Wiggins. For sure. Um, since you brought him up, Andrew Wiggins, I think, averaged like 18 points, eight rebounds, two assists. I think he averaged like a steal in a block, which is great. Yeah. Like, he played yeah. – not only did he show up in certain games that they needed it, because I think it was like game five that they really I'm not going to say he could have won finals MVP, though. I would take that bet, but he did play very well. Steph deserved finals he did. MVP. Hands down. Listen, once Steph dropped 43 in game four, I said, listen, even if he has a bad game five and six, which his game five was kind of bad, but if he had, even if he had a bad game five and bad game six, I knew he was going to win finals. And it was much deserved because outside of game four, doubt like game four, Steph really put the team on his back. Like he was on from the beginning to the end of the game. Like that game, Steph was going crazy. He had like 43 points. He had 10 rebounds, um, four yeah. assists. Uh, he had seven threes. He was like seven to 14. So he shot like 50% from three. He was uh, eight to nine from the free throw line. Um, he was like fifty percent from uh from the field. Like he was phenomenal. Um, pretty sure, pretty sure in the first quarter he had double digit. I think he had like twelve points in the first quarter, and like fourteen in the third quarter, and like about ten in the fourth. Like he was going off in game game four, and he needed it because the rest of the team were kind of sleep. Like without Steph doing what he did in game four, this series probably does go to a game seven. Like. That honestly, game four was a game that the Celtics should have won. 
But because of the yes. defense that the 100%. Warriors played in the fourth quarter as a unit, along with Steph going off, it took the wind out of them. And I knew after Boston lost that game, when that was their game to win, I was like, okay, I, my prediction's right. The, the Warriors are winning this in six. Hands down. Yeah. Uh, winning in Boston looks like it's fun. I want to do it. <laughs> you, you want the Lakers to win in Boston one time? Yeah, like a like a deciding game in the finals in Boston that had the whole ceremony and everything in the middle of their court. Right. Hey, it might happen. Wanna try it. It might happen one day. Um but yeah, I thought game four was a huge deciding factor <laughs> yeah, in the series. Like yeah. when the Warriors showed that I think game four and five. So game four again, Steph being hands down the best player on the floor for the Warriors. Even really on both ends, he played great defense in the series also. Even in that game four when he was unstoppable offensively, he actually played really good defense also. But for him to go off the way he did and the Celtics, you know, kind of keep the game close and their stars go off, but then for them to kind of – I can't even say the Celtics collapsed in the fourth quarters because it's to me it's really more about how well the Warriors played defense rather than how bad the Celtics played offense. Does that make sense? But yeah, it makes sense. But at the same time, you can't play that bad, not and it not be a collapse. Like, wouldn't you say the Warriors collapsed in the fourth quarter of Game One, or was it the Celtics defense? Because the Celtics had good defense all season, but that was a collapse in the first right. quarter of Game. I mean, in the fourth quarter of Game One for the Warriors. It was. It was more. It, it was. I would say it was a collapse, but also. The, the the Celtics hit a lot of tough shots. Like, they hit some crazy contested shots in that fourth quarter, though. Yeah, the Warriors are champions for a reason. That, But that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is they really choked in the fourth quarter of game one. You can't lose the fourth quarter of the finals game, 40 to the 18. It doesn't matter at this point right now that we're talking about it. But, yeah, right. yeah you can't do that. Okay, I see. I see what you mean. I see what you mean. But I just, I think more people are going to say that, hey, the Celtics collapsed in the fourth quarters of games uh, four, five, and six, rather than saying the Warriors actually play some pretty good defense. And you're trying to give the Warriors their just do on defense. Yeah, I understand. Because yeah. the yeah. defensive difference from game one to games four through six is two different teams almost. And I feel like yeah. the numbers would also back that up. I don't have the numbers, but I feel like the numbers would back that up also. But they were a completely different defensive team in the fourth quarter of those last three games, especially in games four and five. I just feel like that's what you – now they say defense wins championships. I feel like that's what helped them in games four and five because game four was such yeah. a toss-up going into that fourth. Like, I really felt like it was Boston's game to win or Boston's game to lose, rather. Yeah. I felt like even though stuff was going off, Boston was still right there. And I felt like as a whole, Boston was playing better. It was really kind of just Steph like the first three quarters but then the the Warriors woke up a bit in that game four especially on the defensive end and they got the win so I just feel like that's kind of what changed the way that first of all it took the wind out of out of the Celtics first and foremost um I think that that them losing that game when they knew it was their game to lose it's when they lost the momentum of the series in my opinion they lost the momentum of it, and that's what also gave the Warriors the momentum. Having their star player go off for 43 and play phenomenal. 
Um, and I feel like what further proves that is game five. Steph had a terrible game five. But you saw how everybody yeah, else started. Like over 12 from three, right? Yeah, it was bad. It was a bad, it was bad offensively, I'll say. Offensively. It was horrible. But look at the way the Warriors rallied. Like, yeah. look how everybody else stepped their games up. And to me, it started with defense rather than offense with the Warriors. And I felt like that started that. in the fourth quarter of game four and carried over in the game five. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. It tend to do that sometimes. That's why when, like, it's a blowout in, a, like, a finals game, the team that's losing will still try to, like, keep their intensity throughout the game so it can carry over into the next game. Right. Right, exactly. And I felt like that's what the Warriors, like, that's what they did best to end this, to close the series. And uh, it was just... It wasn't how I predicted it. I think after it was like tied up 2-2, I think there were a lot of people who were like, oh, this series is a toss-up. And I was like, kind of. But I don't know. To me, game four showed me that, oh, I don't know why people yeah, the thought the Warriors were about to be done. So well. But the fourth quarter in that game four told me everything I needed to know, at least for me. I don't know about other people, but for me, that told me everything I needed to know. I was like, Steph is going off. Everybody else is kind of struggling. But that defense that they played, those last three minutes of that fourth, I was like, oh, yeah. That's all they need right here. They they play like this, they win this series. And that's that's pretty much what happens in game five and six. Um, yeah. But it was, still an, it was still an entertaining finals, though. Like, I don't want to say it wasn't entertaining just because I felt like it was kind of predictable. It was entertaining. It was good to see. Um... It's good to see a different team make it out the East, right? It was good to see. <laughs> Is it really Jason a different Tatum team? They got seventeen championships. I mean, true. I mean, but, okay, but think about yeah, but also like make it out the years. East with this young core who four years ago was like a couple minutes from making it out, and then they ran into LeBron James. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. Um. So it was good to see them make it because there, you know, there were a lot of people who doubted them. They, was, they saw that they couldn't make it in twenty eighteen. Then they saw how the last couple years went. Like, to start this season, it didn't seem like Boston would be a contending team. Like, the start of the year for them was oh, bad. No, they, Remember people were... They was, yeah, they were under 500. They were like... Yeah, no, it was bad. Remember people like were talking about possibly splitting up Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown? Yep. Like, it was bad. And then they ended the season on fire. Like, to me, I thought they were the best team in the East going into the playoffs. Wish we could have spoke about it, but we didn't get to. But they were on fire to end the season. And then, to help prove that even further, they swept the Nets in the first round. Yeah, they did. And that was the only sweep of the playoffs. Crazy. Yeah, exactly. So, like, I, I it was just good to see them, you know, kind of – because a lot of people even doubted them after they swept the Nets. A lot of people were like, the Nets weren't going to get anyway, blah, 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 blah. I was like, no, this – Celtics is just solid. Who do you think's role to the finals was was tougher, the Warriors or the Celtics? But I think it was the Celtics. Yeah, I think it was the Celtics too. Um, listen after after Dallas eliminated Phoenix, I tweeted out, "Congrats to Steph Curry yeah. on winning your first your fourth championship and your first Finals MVP." And I said that because it seemed like throughout the regular season, the most consistent team outside of the Warriors was the Suns. Not only that, it seemed like the only team that could beat the Warriors consistently was the Suns. You think they would have beaten in the playoffs here? 
I think they had a chance, but then I mean the way that they played the Mavericks, it seems like no, of course. But um just just going based off the regular season, it seemed like yes, that was the team that could beat the Warriors in the in the West. Yeah, Suns keep proving time and time again the regular season barely matters when it comes to it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna lie, I fell victim to the regular season with them. It, it won't happen again. But we're not talking about that. Um But it's it's the Warriors, like the fact that this is their sixth finals appearance. And they won four championships in six years. They won 2015, 2017, 2018, and then this year in 2022. Uh, it's, it's it's crazy. Like, they are really a dynasty. Yeah. Speaking of dynasty, do you think this kick-started their, their, um, their dynasty that from a couple years ago? Or do you think that's some other team from the West? Um... I feel like it did. You think so? You think they can win multiple titles out of this? Uh, I think that so they you can. Think that's- but I'm this okay. Based off the way the NBA is right now, the way that the teams are right now, the players that are with certain teams right now, yes. But the thing is, the NBA constantly changes, right? People constantly move around, constantly getting certain draft picks to help teams out. So it's easy to say yes now. But we know for a fact next season there are going to be certain teams that aren't going to look the same. Yeah, because, like, who's to say that somebody like Minnesota doesn't take a Memphis-like jump and Memphis doesn't take a Suns-like jump in the regular season? Yeah, see, that's what I'm saying. That's what, that's what I mean. Like, Memphis may not Memphis may not have been able to get past Golden State this year, but you don't know what's going to happen next season. Who knows Next what season, the they, could be, they like. could be Golden State's kryptonite. So that's the reason why I'm saying I'm saying yes, because it's easy to say now. But could I be wrong later on? Oh, for sure. And to be honest, if I'm being honest, I'm saying yes, because of right now, right? With them being fresh off winning it and everything. But I feel like I'm going to be proven wrong, though. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Like, I feel like, like again, I say, I'm saying, I'm saying yes right now that this could kickstart the dynasty, but at the same time, I do feel like I'm low-key going to be wrong. But uh, it's one of those questions where, of course, only time will tell. Um, How do you feel about Steph Curry winning his first finals MVP? First of all, I feel like it was where the dude averaged 31. He averaged like 31 points, six rebounds, and five assists. Went yeah. off in game yeah, four. Finals. Had a, a legendary. That's That game four was legendary. That 43 he dropped, it was a being a 43-point mm-hmm. double-double, having 10 rebounds. Like, that was legend, a legendary game. Like, that's one of those games that we're going to reminisce on 20 years from now. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. The media, the social media can finally shut up about it. But you know they won't. But you know, finally shut up about him not having a final MVP. I'm happy for him. Good job. Right. Good job. Um, I saw a, I saw a picture... I think it was actually it was a, it was a tweet and it was talking about Steph Curry is the only player in NBA history to win an All Star MVP or Western Conference Finals MVP and the Finals MVP in the same season. Oh, and I was like, that's actually kind of significant. Like I, I get it. I, people are gonna downplay the All Star Game MVP, so I kind of get it. But I, I forgot like this was the first year of like the Eastern and Western Conference Finals MVPs. And he won it. 
And although it's not significant cool. to people now, 20 years from now, when there's like 19 other conference finals MVPs, it'll be more significant. You know yeah, what I mean? It's I, just not significant now to people because it's new, but... It should be significant. Think about it. It's the first one. He's the very first Western Conference Finals MVP. Right, that's what I'm saying. I'm just saying now, like, there's people downplaying it kind of. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, people find ways to downplay anything. But people are kind of downplaying it right now. But I'm like, in 20 years, that'll be pretty relevant. Like you said, he's the first one to do it. And then he was able to be the first one to win the Western Conference Finals MVP. And he was able to win the Finals MVP. There's going to be a lot of championships down the down the road where a team will have a, a one person be their Western Conference Finals MVP and then another player be their Finals MVP. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, if, like let's right. go back to like yeah. 2020 when the Lakers won, right? If they had a Western Conference Finals MVP, then I think Anthony Davis would have won it. And now LeBron. It's about luck against the Nuggets. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think, think. An, yeah, I think Anthony Davis would have won it. Now LeBron would have still probably gotten Finals MVP, but I don't think LeBron would have won Finals. In, I mean, Western Conference Finals MVP. You see what I'm saying? So that's just gonna be interesting yeah. to see. AD hit the big shot in game. What was that game two? Game he two, hit that yeah, big yeah. shot to win. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, so that's gonna be significant then, because yeah. I, I think there's gonna be some players who, in years from now, they aren't gonna always. They're not gonna win every single conference finals MVP. Yeah. They may win finals yeah. MVP, but they may have a teammate who wins conference finals MVP. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, especially the way the team was set up now. Like, back in 2010, when the Lakers won and when Kobe won the, the finals MVP, he probably would have been the Western Conference finals MVP as well. No, actually, there's no doubt about it. He would have been the best Western Conference finals MVP as well. Right. But, like, in 2016, if they had it, the Eastern Conference Finals MVP could have been like Kyrie, and then LeBron won the Finals MVP or something like that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm just saying, like, it's people try to downplay now, but it's going to be interesting to see, like, as the years go on, and as more people win the award, seeing like they should have been done there. You know what? I said the same thing. I said they could have had this years ago, but it's all good. I mean, they're doing it now. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, it was definitely much deserved. I still see people trying to question it, and I think people are just trying to troll stuff a little bit. But listen, when you average 31.2, you average 31.6 rebounds, five assists, and the next closest is Andrew Wiggins at 18 points, eight rebounds, two assists. Um, and you had a monster game four with 43 points, and you literally put the team on your back. You deserve finals MVP, man. And he had a good and he had a good game At six. He had a good closeout game. He put up, he put up thirty plus in that closeout game in game six. So yeah. he deserved Finals MVP. I don't know why people are trying to downplay it and act like he did didn't deserve it. I'm gonna go off the grid a little bit since we kind of really talked about the finals in its entirety at this point. At what part do we? At what point do we start looking at scrutiny as like a sign of respect? Because like. Every great play, every great athlete goes through school. Like somebody has something to say to every great athlete. Is it is it fear? It's, it's like fear, of respect, respect for him, right? You just start looking at it that different, right? That's a that's a that's a valid point. You know, I kind of say that. I'm like, if listen, if you aren't great, people don't have anything to say. Nobody's gonna care, yeah, because nobody cares, right? Exactly. So when you are great, people have things to say. That just means you're doing the right thing. You know what I mean? You're doing the right. Yeah, you're doing something right. 
So that's a, that's a very valid point. Speaking of scrutiny, you heard about this Charles Barkley and Kevin Durant thing. <laughs> yeah, I heard a little bit about it. Yeah, basically Charles was like, OKD's not gonna Charles Barkley, out of all people, out of all people in the media that could have said this, he's not gonna get respect from old heads until he wins the championship as the bus driver. First of all, I kind of see both sides of this. I, I'm not. I'm not a fan of Charles Barkley saying it because Charles Barkley never won a championship. So, like, who does he like? Does old head respect him? Like, what are you talking about? First of all, secondly, you're right. There's no way that Kevin Durant wasn't the bus driver of those teams. It might not have been his. It might not have been his bus, but he was driving that bus. If that makes sense. Just that makes sense, and uh, it's hard it wasn't. It was. It was Steph Curry's bus, but Kevin. Hart, I mean, Kevin Hart. Kevin Durant <laughs> was driving that bus. He drove it both years. Right. And on the on the other perspective, that's the other perspective. It wasn't his bus. So, like, I get, I get kind of what Charles Barkley was saying, but Kevin Durant was driving the bus. It just wasn't his bus. What do you think? Um. I think we need to have a whole episode on that because I feel like we could go in on Kevin Durant versus Steph Curry because to me it's a very interesting conversation. To me, it could be more interesting than the goat debate. To be honest with you, I don't even I don't I don't necessarily think that a championship puts Steph Curry over Kevin Durant. In my opinion, mm. I think that, like I said earlier in the episode, they're sitting at the same table. Why does it matter who's above who? How do you even calculate who's above who? You're, you're sitting at a table of greatness with other greats. You can't really say this player is better than this player. This player never played against each other. You don't know. I mean, I right. know that people like, like unanimous LeBron and Michael Jordan are like one and two, however you want to suffice it. But that's as far as I'm going. Right. I'm not going to say maybe Kareem at three. I'll maybe put Kareem at three. But after that, you could have. I wouldn't argue with you if you had Tim Duncan. I wouldn't argue if you had Bill Russell. I wouldn't argue if you had Kobe Bryant, Matthew Johnson, Larry Bird. Like you, Shaq, Bill, I mean, Will Chamberlain. Like you can't really. You can go, yeah. we can go into in depth on that because that's a part of a whole different episode too. You know what that is? I'm glad you brought that up because that for sure is. But yeah, I saw. But yeah, a they said at the same time. Sam, I'm glad you said that. That's a that's a good point. But the way and that Charles Barkley is nowhere near that table. He no, that, he no that's a fact. He might have been on his way to the table, and if he would have got a couple championships, he would have been sitting at the end of the table too. But he wasn't the person. He wasn't the person. He just sounds like a hater. That's that's my problem with. Not necessarily what he said, but mm-hmm. it was him saying. And I, and I think it's the way it was worded too, because like I said, Kevin Durant was driving that bus. It just wasn't his bus. He was borrowing the car. He went out of town borrowing somebody else's car, but he drove. And he drove it efficiently, and he drove it well. Mm. Mm. You know what? Since you put it like that, that's kind of what a lot of people have said about Steve Kerr. And taking over the Warriors after Mark Jackson was let go. 
Well, I mean, I guess you could put it that way. See, I so, mean, Mark Jackson kind of set the foundation. But do you think right. they would have actually won championships with Mark Jackson? If you're on the side that, do you think that Mark Jackson would have got them four championships? I kind of do. Okay. I do. Okay. But we, we don't have to go So, so let me ask you this. this. Let me ask you this. Go ahead. Why doesn't Mark Jackson have a job right now then? Now, that's a good question. I don't know what he's saying in these interviews, but I also know that he's turned down <laughs> some jobs, though. Like, I don't yeah, know if he wants to do it that bad. Like, that's I think, probably like the Kings. You think, he, you think he's just content with his role on ESPN? I think it might be. I think, because, I mean, he's been, like, it seems like every year there's a team interested in him. And sometimes yeah. it'll say that he's been interviewed, but then other times it'll say, like, he's turned it down or you'll hear nothing else about it. You know what I mean? So right, I think right. that he's only looking for certain places. And I think he's just content with where he is. But I'm be honest. After this, and he does have a job. I'm sorry, he has a job. Right, a job. No, I know what you he's mean. He's doing a very good job. But. Yeah, no, he is. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> but that's what I mean. Like, I think he's just satisfied with what he's doing because he's so good at being a commentator. And he's so entertaining, and people love he's to hear him and Van Gundy together. That like, he don't have to be a head coach. I, I just feel like people didn't say the same thing about Steve Kerr and his commentary. But that doesn't matter because look at him as a coach, like. I forgot this, and he probably got PTSD from it. Like they did him, they kind of, they kind of did him dirty. You kind of, you, you I don't right. know how much he deserved it, but I don't know. I right. don't you, know. You, I don't you know got a point there. But like, I forget that Steve Kerr even won rings with the Spurs. Yeah, he, like he's got Steve five Curry championships like, as a player and four as a head coach. Yeah, he has not. Steve Kerr like in Phil Jackson territory, like Phil Jackson right. Russell territory on one. That's what I'm saying. Like, he has five as a player, which I completely forgot about. Won three with the Bulls, and then he won two with the Spurs. And now he's won four as a head coach. Yeah. Like, that's the only reason why when you when you brought that up about the bus and kind of like it was – a lot of people, I feel like, made that same comparison with Steve Kerr and Mark Jackson. But I feel like – and I'm not going to lie. I was kind of one of those people. Okay, but – okay, okay. But if it wasn't Steve Kerr's bus – to start with, it's definitely Steve Kerr's now. See, that's what I'm saying. That, that's the, that's, that's the reason the why I'm title. saying that. Right, that's that's the reason why I was bringing it up, because I was like, listen, if anybody had any doubts now about, like, him really running the show and him being the reason why they've been so consistent, you can't have those doubts now. You know what I'm saying? Like, to me, those doubts yeah. died after they won in 2017. Even though they still mm-hmm. had KD, and I get it, but, like, he still had to make them play together. You know what I mean? And the defense they played to me was even better under Steve Kerr than it was under Mark Jackson. I feel like the offense is always going to be there when you got the Splash Brothers. And that's funny because Steve Kerr wasn't looked at as a defense player at all. Right. I don't even think Mark Jackson was at least. Mark Jackson is surprisingly one of the top five assist guys. Did you know that? Like I did not know that. League history, I think he's like top five. At least I know for a fact he's top ten. Right, no, I did not know that. Yeah. But see, that explains why he compliments LeBron the way he does about his playmaking, because mm-hmm. he was a playmaker also. But yeah, that's the reason why when you brought that up about the bus, I had to bring up Steve Kerr and Mark Jackson because there are definitely still people who feel like um, if Mark Jackson was still here, they would still win. I'm, st- I still, I'm, I'm still one of those people, mm-hmm. but I'm not like doubting Steve Kerr. Does that make sense? See, I, see, I don't know, so I can't, so I can't really. 
Yeah, it makes sense. But, yeah, but I'm not saying that the downplay Steve Kerr. I'm more saying it as the Warriors front office has, has done a great job getting, drafting Steph, Clay, and Dre. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like... Speaking of Draymond, he really looked Kevin Durant in the eye and said, we won without you. We do not need you. And he meant it. I mean... That's pretty dope. He wasn't lying. He was not lying. We do not need you. He said, dang. Well, how would you feel if you was Kevin Durant right now? How does Kevin Durant feel right now? Um, I feel like he's playing it cool on Twitter. But I feel like... Did you ever see the interview with Kobe and Shaq? Where Shaq talked about when Kobe won his fifth, how he tore up everything in his house and he was mad. Yeah. I feel like that's Kevin Durant low-key. But... He's not gonna talk about that right now. He's not gonna admit that on Twitter. But that, I feel like that's him. I'm not gonna lie. I feel like he's he's a little salty. Because when you got somebody who tells you like they don't need you, and then they prove it after they called you and told you that they did need you, and then they tell you have a player on the team tell you this face they don't need you, and then a couple years later he proves that they did they don't and they didn't. It hurts. Because you know Dre is eventually it's, it's Draymond Green. You know he doesn't have a tongue, so you know eventually he's gonna he's gonna say it. Like whether on his podcast or somewhere else, I'm, I'm talking about he just gonna say he's right. Think cool now, but yeah, he may not be like he may not reword it, I and mean, he not he may not say it again verbatim. But I feel like like the way you ask me, somebody's gonna ask him. If somebody hasn't already, somebody's gonna ask him. He's gonna be like, I mean, I was right, and I mean he was. It's gonna be hard to say no, he wasn't correct. He he was he was correct. So I feel like KD might be a little salty. Um, also, he's probably salty because I know Warriors fans have been nonstop harassing him. So, and that alone will be also. If I was constantly getting hurt, like I had nothing yeah. to do with this. Like I got swept in the first round, nothing to do with this. Why are y'all bothering me? Yeah, but he knows why. We don't know why. Told him not to go that down is in the first true. place. That's his fault. <laughs> you were crazy um i've also seen a lot of people kind of getting on jason tatum for his uh his turnover issues oh, yeah, he, ain't, he ain't 19 no more though so that is true but see once again that's one of those things that i i go back to the warriors just turning up the defense on him like i specifically remember he was 19 for like four years <laughs> i know <laughs> that's what it seemed like yes that's what it seemed like. Uh, but I I understand he had the turnovers um, and they were horrible. He didn't shoot the best. Um, and Jalen Brown was the leading scorer for him. But I just feel like this is one of those series and this is one of those teams where they just had his number. Um, and even at one point in some of those fourth quarters when Jalen Brown was cooking through three quarters and then in that fourth quarter, they would build a wall down low, Conda, or Dre would just out-muscle Jalen Brown trying to get to the basket and try to force him into tough shots and he couldn't hit him. I was just like, this is just great defense. Like, this isn't really the stuff that's taking horrible shots. Like, these are shots that they were hitting the first three quarters, just that now the Warriors have turned up their defense and their defensive yeah. intensity. So now every shot that the Celtics are taking is, is contested or 
the layup is a lot more contested. It just it was just it was tougher. You know what I'm saying? And it's funny, and it's funny because I think a lot of people were picking the Celtics to win this series because of their defense. And it was actually the Warriors defense that turned up. Right, which is true. That's that's another thing. But see, only the only reason again, the only reason why I doubted the Celtics defensively a little bit is because of those terrible third quarters that they have been having throughout these playoffs. And I was just like, you can't come out of halftime playing like that. You give teams way too much momentum in the second half. And they got away with it in games one and games three. But they paid for it in games four, five, and six. Especially games four and five. Yeah. Actually, you can say game two also. But I, I kind of felt like after the Boston won game one, I felt like everybody knew that the Warriors were going to win game two. Yeah, because of the way or maybe Boston I'm crazy, but I just feel like the Boston won game one. The Celtics, I should say, well, I said the Boston Celtics won game one. Golden State Warriors, yeah. Style. True, like you, like I knew. I turned around to the people I was watching the game with and said, "This is not happening again," and it didn't happen again. <laughs> the Celtics didn't get that hot again. Oh, I mean, Conda in game three. Well, I guess. But as yeah, high game, as they game were three, they kind of did the same thing. Not in the fourth quarter game one. They had like 30. What, how many threes they had, they had over? No, 30. I think they had like. Uh, it was a crazy amount, but they did. They scored like 40 plus in the, in that quarter, though. Which is and the Warriors of. couldn't hit a shot. No. At all. So, like, if you take that into consideration and you take this a seven game series into consideration, who do you think is going to have? that hot quarter it's going to be the Warriors right no matter what even the, as good as the Celtics defense is you have you have shooters like the Warriors man. you have weapons like that it's unstoppable when they don't want to be stopped and then on top of that right and then on top and of that you play fantastic defense yeah well, they, yeah, you have the defensive stuff. player of the year in your team the first defensive player of the year as a guard, just like Gary Payton, that was a perfect. Yeah. That that's the perfect thing to have going against a guy like Steph Curry, and it might have worked. It might have worked in um, a couple of the games, a little bit, but for the most part, Steph Curry was cooking. Hence, so he he won oh, yeah, for sure. the very first one. Again, congratulations, Steph. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie to you. I completely forgot until Game Four. That Marcus Smart had one defensive player of the year because mm-hmm. I think somebody brought it up, and I was like, mm, "Defensive player of the year." Steph got. I mean, yeah, that's an all-time great. So like, you can't be bad about it. But I was just, I think, people, I think a lot of people were mad when he won it initially, and then it just brought back up everything that they were saying after Game Four when the Celtics lost about Marcus Smart winning defensive player of the year and how they felt about it. But I'm be honest with you, I completely forgot that he had won. Yeah, they were building it up like that was going to be the matchup for the finals type thing. Right. But I saw people building it up like that. I'm like, great offense is going to beat great defense almost every single time. True. Especially in, especially the way the game's played today, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I saw, I was watching YouTube, right? And you know how random stuff come up on YouTube? I saw the game, I saw a game for 2004. Man, the spacing was, yeah. oh my God, like nobody was spacing the floor. And the final score was like 74 to 72. 
Oh, that's crazy. You don't get games like that no more. I don't necessarily say I'm missing them, but you don't get games like that no more. Even in 2010, game six of the finals in 2010, the final score for the Lakers blowing out the Celtics in game six after losing two in a row in Boston, I remember vividly. It was like, the final score was like 87 yeah. to 69. And then game seven was Dang. also very, like 83 to 79. So it very low score. Yeah, that's crazy. Tells you how far the game has come. It's come a long way. And that was just, what, 12 years ago? Yeah. You ain't going to see no game like that these days. No. no. Not anymore. Especially be a good, especially be a considered a good game. Because that game seven against the between the Lakers and Celtics was considered one of the greatest games of all time. And the final score was 83 to 79. Right. Yeah, that's, you yeah. Know, that's a good if, point. If you, in this era, if a game, no matter how good it was, if a game ended 83 to 79, people are going to say it was trash. Think about, think about even 2016 game seven. The final score to that was very low. They didn't score for like six minutes. Neither team. Before that, before, yeah. like before that block, LeBron had on uh, Iguodala. That was like in the middle of like six or seven minutes of no score from either team. That was one of the greatest games I've ever seen. So, so games like that can be can be fun because it's like the teams are playing their heart out going into championship. Right. Defensively. And you've seen a lot of great defense yeah. on both ends. Yeah. That's a good point. I'm glad you brought that up. I feel like we could do a whole episode on spacing and how much has changed Man. and how much has completely Man. changed the game and how we'll probably never go back to a time where like there's little to no spacing yeah the thing you gotta think about the fact that in the 60s right the final scores were like today it was right. like they were they was going like the hundreds hell Will Chamberlain had 50 points a game if Will Chamberlain scored 50 points a game you know the other team like the, uh, the rest of the team ain't scoring like 10-12 points they're scoring more. They're, they were scoring more back then, and then it got to the nineties and the two thousands, where defense kind of ramped up and the rules changed. I guess, and the rules changed again, and now we have all this yeah. space. It's fun. It's it's interesting development how the NBA is come. But like, this is not the episode for that. You got anything else to add other than congratulations to the Warriors? Great finals, great playoffs. Looking forward to next season. See what's going on. We didn't talk about the Lakers at all, which is good because like they don't deserve any talk. <laughs> no, but we we'll, we we got we got an episode coming up on them. They'll be yeah, brought up I with mean, a few like other teams. Iron. We do have to discuss them. I like I like the Darvinham Iron, but we'll talk about that in another podcast. You have yeah. Anything else um. No. Congrats to the Warriors winning four championships in six years. It's huge. Congrats to Steph Curry winning his first Finals MVP. Oh, and being the first w- winner of the Western Conference Finals Award. I forgot who they named it after, but I'm just mm-hmm. going to call it the Western Conference Finals MVP. I think it's oh, Magic it's Johnson. Johnson when you're right. Is the East one the Larry Bird? And I think the East op- Oscar Robinson or oh. Larry Bird, one of the two. I don't know who it is. But see, that just sounds weird. I just rather call it Western Conference Finals MVP because, or Conference Finals MVP because the Finals MVP is just the Finals MVP. I mean, I guess that's like calling the Bill championship trophy. I mean, the championship trophy is called the Larry O'Brien Trophy, but who oh. always who calls it that? I mean, they call the Finals MVP the Bill Russell Finals MVP. Yeah, but nobody says Bill Russell Finals MVP. 
Bill Russell be out there to present the trophy most of the time. Was he? Not? Yeah, I know, but like, I'm just saying, like, who says? I don't know. I just feel like people don't say the name of the person the trophy named after all the time. And yeah, the also gave to Kobe Bryant, also gave to Pino. But I got. I'm, I see. Yeah, I'm gonna call. I'm gonna say that one. I'm gonna say the name. Go. <laughs> anyway, this has been another episode of the Plank Podcast. It's good to be back. We'll see y'all next time. For sure.